Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints shifting its perspectives when it comes to the symbol of the cross? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. There was an article in the April 2023 edition of the Liahona Magazine, and there was a portion in this article dealing with preparing for Easter that caught our attention. And it was a statement that says, while Latter-day Saints do not normally display many images of the suffering or crucifixion of Christ, this is a day when displaying such art might be appropriate. That was an article that was written by two BYU professors, Eric D. Huntsman and Trevin G. Hatch, in an article titled, Making Easter a Time to Remember the Savior. I raise the question, why all of a sudden is it okay at the Easter season to emphasize the symbol of the cross and Jesus' suffering and crucifixion on a cross, but not something that would be a regular part of a Latter-day Saints worship journey, if you will? Why just at this point in time prior to the Easter season? We are looking also at an article that was written by another BYU professor, a man by the name of John Hilton III. This was an article that came out back in February of 2022, where he discusses what church leaders and church history have taught about wearing and displaying the cross. He starts off that piece by telling the story of an LDS woman who invited her non-LDS neighbor to come witness her daughter's baptism. And as a gift, this non-LDS neighbor gave the daughter a necklace with a cross on it. And the child froze, the mother froze, and obviously it was an awkward situation because as the story goes in this article, it says the neighbor hastily took back the cross, promising to get the child a different gift. Now, he says that this mother has had a change of heart since then. But we're asking the question, why did she react that way? Why did her daughter act that way? And we know that other Latter-day Saints have acted in a similar fashion. Eric, you told the story of your daughter Hannah wearing a cross necklace and how she was berated by her LDS friends. And they chided her for wearing something like that. Your daughter didn't mean to be offensive, but they took it as offense, and they commented in a very terse manner to your daughter how she should not have worn that symbol of Christianity as we see it to be. Now, in this article by John Hilton, we want to move on here because he's got a lot of good stuff in this article, and he brings out some statements of LDS leaders in the past. And again, these are statements that we have covered on this show, and we've talked about the cross on a number of occasions, but because of what was in this article in the Liahona magazine, we thought we'd revisit it again, asking the question, is the LDS church getting ready to make a course correction regarding this symbol of Christianity? What's going on here? I I really don't know at this point. 
But in this article, he has the subheading, Shifting Perspectives. What did John Hilton say about that? In the 1950s, a shift began to take place in how some church members viewed the cross. Much of this shift appears to come from an increased association of the cross with Catholicism. During this decade, President David O. McKay wrote in his private journal that he felt Latter-day Saint girls should not wear crosses. Well, let me stop you there. Well, that would seem to coincide with the reaction from that young eight-year-old who was baptized in John Hilton's story. This is probably why the young girl acted that way. I'm sure the mother, though she may be too young to remember a David O. McKay being the president of her church, probably remembers this kind of a teaching coming down perhaps through the local ward. I don't know. But I'm assuming that this is probably connected. Uh, He goes on and says, In 1958, Elder Bruce R. McConkie wrote negatively about wearing a cross, saying it was inharmonious with Latter-day Saint worship. Then, in 1961, Elder Joseph Fielding Smith wrote, quote, If our Lord had been killed with a dagger or with a sword, it would have been very strange if religious people this day would have graced such a weapon by wearing and adoring it because it was by such means that our Lord was put to death, end quote. He went on to say that the, quote, wearing of crosses is to most Latter-day Saints in very poor taste and inconsistent to our worship, end quote. Bill, let me just say this. If Jesus had been killed with, let's say, a sword, I wouldn't be wearing a cross around my neck. I would be wearing a replica of that implement because that's the symbol. As important as Moroni is to Latter-day Saints on their temple, and some of them will wear that um, around their necks or, or as a tie tack or whatever, that is a symbol that's powerful for me. And so whatever implement, that's what paid for my sins. Well, we have to keep in perspective, too, Eric, that Joseph Fielding Smith, the way he worded it, he says, it would have been very strange if religious people would have graced such a weapon. Um, Remember, Joseph Fielding Smith doesn't like this idea at all. So, of course, he's, he's going to react in a negative manner regarding the wearing of such a symbolism. Hilton goes on and says, finally, in 1990, Elder Marvin J. Ashton more softly wrote, quote, We try to teach our people to carry their crosses rather than display or wear them, end quote. And then Hilton writes this. It's interesting to note that these few unofficial statements discouraging church members from wearing or displaying crosses are decades old. Clearly, we should follow the counsel of living prophets, seers, and revelators. However, we should remember that specific practices and applications can shift over time. Bill, my problem right here is... Okay, so these citations are old. Do you have anything newer from the general authorities to help me change my mind about why crosses should be something that Latter-day Saints either display or wear around their necks? When I read that paragraph, I thought, this sounds a bit to me like it's self-refuting. He says, it's interesting to note that these few unofficial statements discouraging church members from wearing or displaying crosses are decades old. But then he goes on to say, We should follow the counsel of living prophets. Well, he's quoted here the 10th president of the church, Joseph Fielding Smith. He's quoted an LDS church apostle, Bruce R. McConkie, who was known for being the the quote-unquote theologian of the LDS church. And then you also have Marvin J. Ashton, who is also an apostle. These guys are carrying some real serious weight here. 
And not to mention David O. McKay, who was also president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as well. Now, you might say they're decades old, but I think you raise a good point. What has been said in recent years that negates what they have said in the past? Now, we know that in Mormonism, they normally don't negate what was taught in the past. They tend to let it die from not mentioning it. One thing that really bothers me about the LDS leadership, they never apologize for anything. They never get up and say, I screwed up. I blew it. I was wrong on this issue. Now, Bruce McConkie kind of did when the priesthood revelation came out in 1978. He realized he had said a lot of things that now went in a different direction as to what the church was trying to teach at that particular time. But how did he do it? Forget whatever I said, or what I think whatever any other leader had said on this subject, okay? In other words, They were misled by bad revelation. I guess that's how I'm supposed to take that. But normally leaders don't rebuke past leaders for false teachings that they held at that time. They just don't talk about it anymore. So I can appreciate John Hilton bringing these statements up because if he didn't bring them up, we most certainly would have. And we have in the past. These are not new quotes to us. We've we've often cited these quotations. But I think it raises... A question here. Where were they getting their information? Why were they saying the things that they were saying? And the fact that they did say these things shows that what they believed regarding this topic certainly trickled down to the masses in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, at least by John Hilton's own admission by his opening paragraph telling the story of the woman who invited the neighbor to witness her daughter's baptism. In the next part, it's titled A Multifaceted Symbol. It's interesting. He's going to use the quote from Joseph Fielding Smith that was just cited, and he's going to try to, I think, read into what Smith might have been saying. This is what he writes. In the same article in which he wrote that, quote, the wearing of crosses is to most Latter-day Saints in very poor taste, end quote, Joseph Fielding Smith nonetheless acknowledged that for many religious people, this symbol could be helpful. Quote, We have never questioned the sincerity of Catholics and Protestants for wearing the cross or felt they were doing something which was wrong. The motive for such a custom by those who are of other churches, we must conclude, is a most sincere and sacred gesture. To them, the cross does not represent an emblem of torture, but evidently carried the impression of sacrifice and suffering endured by the Son of God, end quote. And then he says this, this statement illustrates that how one views the image of the cross can vary. Some Latter-day Saints may agree with President Smith's words that a cross necklace might be quote-unquote in very poor taste, while others might agree with the statement that a cross could represent the sacred quote sacrifice and suffering endured by the Son of God end quote. But Bill, did you notice Smith wasn't talking about Latter-day Saints. He was talking about, quote-unquote, other Christians, Catholics and Protestants. So I'm not sure him trying to use this as support for, well, if you get good something good out of it, then you maybe ought to use it. I don't see him saying that. And also when he says that to them, meaning the Catholics and Protestants in the uh, context, the cross does not represent an emblem of torture. Well, I said earlier this week, I think it does, and I can appreciate what that symbolizes to me, because it shows what Christ went through, the excruciating pain. Where do we get the word excruciating from crucifixion? It tells me 
how much my Savior went through because of me. I can appreciate that. I don't find that abhorrent in the least. But then he goes on to talk about Gordon B. Hinckley, who was the 15th president of the church. In a 1975 conference talk, what did President Gordon B. Hinckley say in that talk? Uh, he explained the church's institutional practice of not having crosses in our buildings, but he did not directly discourage individuals from wearing or displaying crosses. In that talk, President Hinckley related how a Protestant minister asked him how Latter-day Saints could claim to be Christians while avoiding the image of the cross. President Hinckley responded, I do not wish to give offense to any of my Christian brethren who use the cross on the steeples of their cathedrals and at the altars of their chapels who wear it on their vestments and imprint it on their books and other literature. But for us, the cross is the symbol of the dying Christ, while our message is a declaration of the living Christ. The lives of our people must become the only meaningful expression of our faith and in fact, therefore, the symbol of our worship. Well, let's, let's look closely at what Hinckley actually said. When he says, but for us, the symbol of the dying Christ, and he goes on to say, the lives of our people must become the only meaningful expression. That I interpret as being a bit negative when it comes to should or should not a Latter-day Saint wear that symbol around their neck. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.